Stereo. Inspiration. Hey, welcome back to Unchained Inspiration. I am your host, Reese Seven. Today's link in the chain is titled, Let the Flow Take Me. Life is just so incredible sometimes and incredibly fragile. Uh, What would life be if we had no courage to attempt anything was a quote by Vincent van Gogh. And I love that quote because every day you really are forced to kind of challenge yourself and step up and have courage to attempt things. And we don't always know how it's going to unfold. And if we were to like, just focus on the possibilities of what could potentially happen, if it might happen a certain way, so many times we'd never leave our own home. And what I really strive to do with everything I'm doing is I'm really consciously looking at What's going on around me? How can I be involved? I'm really searching for meaning. My friend Dallas is back in studio this week. Last week we sat down and we're talking about the whole idea of kind of stepping out of your uh, comfort zone and searching for meaning and understanding the meaning of life. Dallas is back with us today. I'm like super excited that it's another week with her. We just got caught up in our conversation so well last week. It's it's good to be back. It's uh, nice. That was a lovely conversation. We kind of started talking about how fragile life is and you, your career is a funeral director. Yeah. Funeral director and embalmer. So it's a little bit, uh, it's a little bit uh, drabby, drear sometimes. <laughs> right. So last week you kind of shared with us, like you had a lot of personal loss in your life mm-hmm. and it's interesting for my perspective. Like I grew up in a funeral home, my, like I've been around that funeral home life my whole time. When I had the opportunity to kind of come on board as part of that whole industry, I ran away. (laughs) I don't blame you. Honestly, had I known what I was getting into, I may or may not have ran away too. (laughs) (laughs) So what brought you into that? Um, Well, originally I was going to do my nursing. So I was kind of going towards that. And then I was like, you know, like, I don't know if this is for me. I feel like I'm just doing this because that's what my mom did and and that's what was expected of me. So then my dad's like, well, hey, like, you know, why don't you go job shadow? I'm like, I didn't know you could do that. I mean, you can't do much job shadowing if you're not in university for it. You know, it's it's pretty um, discreet. It's very confidential. Mm -hmm. Um, But I just went in for a bit and I was like, you know, this is actually kind of cool. I always had a fascination about life and death. So I was like, nursing is life. Obviously, a funeral home is death. So I'm like, let's pick between the two. So my middle brother, he, it's ironic because he was all about the funeral home. He loved the idea of becoming part of the funeral home. So he's a fully licensed embalmer and funeral director. Mm -hmm. And then he did the exact opposite. He ended up pivoting and becoming a nurse. See, that's what I'm actually in the middle of doing now too, is so I, I promised my mom before she passed that I would follow in her footsteps and do nursing. But as she was passing, I was in university for what I do now. So I was like, okay, I have to finish this. And then I'll work for a bit and then I'll go back and do my nursing and hopefully work both. So I want to do my nursing and then work as a nurse and what I do now so I can, you know, walk families through the whole process of life and death. And and I think that's kind of what I want to do now. I I just, yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Well, it kind of gets back to that whole um, part last week when we were talking about the meaning of life and like 
you just genuinely want to project love. Yeah, that's what I feel that that's what it life is about. Yeah. Uh, essentially, that's what it is, is I, I love, um, there's, there's lots of things I love, but I think, you know, if, as long as you have love, I think you'll be okay. Um, and it doesn't have to be like we said, romantic, but lack of love is the reason why my mom isn't here anymore. And so that's when I really realized like, she had love from myself and maybe like three other people. But, you know, even at her funeral, all these people showed up and I'm looking around and I'm like, had half of you, quarter of you been involved in my mom's life when she was alive, she'd probably still be here. Like, why is it when someone dies, like, like, you know, you said, why is it when someone dies, then they're important, you know, then they're a legacy, then they're something that's of value. But when they're here, they have so little value compared to the value that they have once they've passed. And it's not just my mom. I see that with lots of people. And, you know, so I was happy that they showed up to her funeral. But at the same time, I'm like, she'd still be here if you guys would have showed up when she was here. But yeah, so love is, is very important. It is everything. That's an incredible thing that uh, so many of us get so kind of entrapped in our own lives that we forget that you haven't heard from people that you actually appreciated and enjoyed. Mm -hmm. And then it's the obituary you read in the paper and then you're like, oh shoot, I better show up for that. So then you write a big Facebook post on their wall about how awesome they were and you feel better about yourself and then you go to sleep and that's, you know, you keep carrying on and that's what everyone does. So that's what I'm trying to get away from and just do things I love, do things I love with people I love and spend, you know, as much free time as I can with the people I love. The people that I love, they definitely know I love them now because I've been getting big on I used to hate hugging and I force myself to hug my friends now. Is it weird? Yeah, it's totally weird, but I'm learning how to hug. (laughs) You're going to be a natural at some point. I hope so. Do you ever, like in your job and then reflecting on your mom's law, like the loss of your mom, Do you ever reflect on what death actually is going to be like? I think, honestly, I've been asked this a lot. And I think death is the most peaceful thing. And I think it's the one thing that unifies everyone. I think it's the most unifying thing that we can do. Um, Being born and dying is the most unifying thing that we can do as a species. Because it doesn't matter who you are, where you live, what you do, how much money you have. We all have to be born and we all have to die and and it in the end you know if if our son really does supernova this whole earth is going to be gone and no one's going to know anything about anyone no matter how rich you were how so to me death is very peaceful um working around death every day i i don't know if it's weird but like i love brushing everyone's hair and singing songs that i think maybe they'd like um you know when i take him to the crematorium i look at their age and I, and I play songs from their era that I think they would like. And um, I just, I love, I don't know, death is so beautiful to me and so peaceful. Not necessarily the manner in which it happens. Um, but I think it is very humbling. It's very grounding. Um, an ego is something that we all have. And I think it kind of diminishes the ego. Um, just makes us very very human so no i i think death is going to be good and i'm not i'm not scared of it i mean i don't want to get clubbed in the head with an axe and then you know shoved in a closet to bleed out but you know if if it if it happens i just i just think the actual point where we pass over is going to be very beautiful Mm -hmm. so definitely not something to be scared of 
it, it's been one of those fleeting thoughts. And I think everyone gets to a state in life where you really start to wonder what that transition is going to be like from mm-hmm. that conscious animated state to now you're just your body is just this object and it's the biggest unknown and that is what is driving me to do this bucket list is i'm like we have no idea what happens next there could be nothing there could be heaven it could be there it turns out you know the jehovah's witnesses were right all along or maybe the mormons or you know maybe japanese had it right and we go hang out with buddha or or maybe we turn in into animals like we we don't know so it's just i don't know it's just that should be everyone's motivation is just to propel forward and who cares what anyone thinks like we're all we're all going to be gone and and nothing's going to matter so soon like so soon we think it's not soon but it is so very soon so yeah. it's exciting at the same time it is like as i'm watching you as you're talking about it i'm getting and excited I, you're getting excited <laughs> but i'm getting excited too because i'm thinking too that like it's it becomes a really interesting imagination exercise on mm-hmm. what's on the other side. And that's what I like, you know, even if there's nothing on the other side, great, because I need a good sleep because it's been a long time. <laughs> and and if there is something, then that's incredible too. There's, um, you know, they say energy cannot be created nor destroyed. And um, I won't go into that today, but some stuff happened after my mom passed that I, that was really emphasized. But I just, I don't know. But whatever it is, it just makes me want to live my life to the fullest. So every day I wake up and I'm like, what's the stupidest, craziest thing I could think of? And then I'll go and do that. So, you know, hot air ballooning. I'm like, what's that would be weird and fun and especially weird to buy one ticket by yourself and go with a bunch of strangers. So, no, I, I definitely hope you get to do that. Yeah, well, I, I feel compelled that I have to do it. And I'm I'm starting to realize that I've been trapped in this cycle of stagnation. And yeah, and and you you feel it, and we've been doing the same thing. This it's the same camping trip. It's the same uh, people that we visit with, and nothing against the people I visit with. I love them to bits, but there's the sense of adventure's been eliminated, mm-hmm. and I'm an adventure seeker, not an adrenaline junkie, but I'm an adventure seeker. Yeah, no, I can relate to that. I mean, I, I never was an adrenaline junkie up until just recently, and I realized when I'm you know, get that rush of adrenaline. That's when I feel the most alive. Um, and it kind of, I'm not thinking about things that normally keep me awake at night. So, but no, um, I think you should definitely start there if that's how you're feeling. Um, when I was up in that hot air balloon, it actually made me, it gave me a lot of time to reflect on what I wanted to do. Um, I know there's a fella here that is kind of starting up his own little company. Mm-hmm. I, I think he needs quite a few more hours though to get licensed, but if I were you, I would go to Calgary just because you do have the mountains, you have the reservoirs, you have, right. we're flying over Deerfoot during rush hour. Like, it's just so cool, you know, and you have these huge, massive houses like that are worth like seven, eight, nine million dollars all over. So you can like spy in all their backyards. Do you which ever is something... wonder what people do that have houses that expensive? Okay, that's actually what I was asking everyone in the thing. I'm like, what do you think all these people do? Like, what do you think these people do? Because, you know, we're flying over and that's the only time you can see in their yards because they're so private is when you're in a hot air balloon. So I'm like, everyone's got a pool. Everyone's driving like crazy cars, huge driveways, like just huge houses. Calgary has a lot of money. Um, yeah, it does have a lot of money. And it's interesting to me that like the common theme that you kept seeing in their backyards was pools. I assume it's the mafia. 
that's my guess is drugs. I'm just like, oh, drugs. Oh, look at all those drugs they're probably selling. Well, I guess like a lot of it's oil money. So then you get... and I, There's so I, many layoffs though. Like it's hard. Well, of course. But at one point that would have been a booming industry that millionaires were be, being created. You've got lots of NHL players that would be in there. You've got lots other... Lots of drug dealers. <laughs> Absolutely. It's an, inter- <laughs> it's an international city. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I don't, I would like to do, you know, that, that guy who walks around on TikTok and, and says, hey, what do you do for a living? Like, I, I actually, you know, I'm thinking about moving to Calgary. I think there's a, probably a 78, no, there's like an 85% chance that I'll be moving there soon. So I think I'm going to go try to get in these communities and I'm going to knock on their doors and then I'll get back to you and I'll video it. And that would be awesome. I'll let you know. That would be awesome. <laughs> We're gonna, that'll be our rattling the chain yeah, uh, part here. Exactly. No, we'll do it. I might end up in jail. That's fine. I'm just <laughs> living for the thrill of it. It's... I've often wondered, and like we live in a community here that we're not seeing seven, eight million dollar homes. No. But I walk around and I check the real estate guide and I often wonder who can afford a half a million dollar home and what they do. To me, that's just really, it's incredible. And then I've often, I don't know if you ever play the game that if you won the lottery, what would you do with your money? Actually, I just had um, a guy I kind of started talking to like a few days ago asked me what I would do if I won the lottery and I don't have time to really scroll through the conversation, but I mean, half a million dollar house isn't necessary, probably not, but at the same time, I look at some of my friends' houses and they were, you know, f- like, for, like I don't know, 400,000, 450,000. And they're nothing crazy, but I think it's the price of lumber right now is just absolutely wild, first of all. Yeah. But, yeah, um, supply and demand for yeah, sure right now. But no, if, you know, if I, are you asking me what I would do if I won the lottery? Yeah, well, just curious. And I'm also curious at what your bucket list actually contains. Well, winning the lottery is also on my bucket list. So there's <laughs> one. Um, so on my bucket list uh, would be, well, it kind of got pushed aside because of COVID. Um, On my bucket list, it was, I'm a huge Lord of the Rings fan. So it was definitely go to New Zealand and do that. So I got to do that actually. um, And went to all like the filming locations and stuff, which was amazing. But um, be in Ireland for St. Patrick's Day is probably my number three on my list. So I've been looking at tickets for that, but everyone at work's telling me to kind of hold off and see what's going on with COVID. Um, I'd like to go alone. I've never traveled, you know, internationally by myself. I mean, I flew to New Zealand alone, but then I met up with family. Mm -hmm. So Ireland for that. um, Really want to go to Disney World. That's big on my list. Um, Skydiving. But I booked skydiving uh, in Whistler, actually, with my cousin this summer. So we're going to do that in August. Um, You know, I should have brought it, actually, because I have a pretty pretty cool list. Um, I really want to go shark diving. If I get the hang of skydiving, I wouldn't mind attempting, I don't even know what they're called. You know those body suits where you jump off a cliff and you kind of glide like a squirrel? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say the squirrel suits. Yeah, I want to do that. Um, I want to learn how to surf um, in Hawaii. So basically everything I kind of want to do is just, we're just kind of riding on what happens with COVID right now. I should have brought my list though. But yeah, no, it's quite an extensive list, but learn how to, you know, climb like rock climb. I, I wouldn't mind learning how to do that. Uh, join a rowboat team. Oh, yeah. Like just, dragon boats? Yeah, dragon boats. I was just like, that'd be so cool. But just being on call and stuff. I just, we'll, we'll see. But I'm my bucket list is also as I go. I'm like, oh, that'd be cool. I'll slap that on the list. And 
just doing my best, but I'm thinking this year, um, skydiving in Ireland will hopefully happen for sure. Mm -hmm. And then the rest is just a matter of what happens. Um, moving to a different city is something that scares me the most. It's the scariest thing ever. So I think I'm going to have to do that just to really step out of my shell. And I think once I move, then, you know, that bucket list is just going to get huge after that. So, so what would be so scary about being in a different community? I, and how, and how far away are we talking? Well, I love this city. That's the problem. Um, I love this city so much. I think Medicine Hut's beautiful. And, you know, I have my dad here and his heart is so wishy-washy and, Mm -hmm. you know, we're always worried about his health, but you know, every corner I turn, I, I see my mom and I'm, I still can't drive past her neighborhood. There's just been so much loss in the last two years that I'm just driving around and, and I love it here, but I'm just like, what is, you know, I have, I have one shot on earth. That's it. One time. Why am I going to stay in the same city? You know, we, you know, I didn't do anything cool like you and move to Europe. I did think about moving to New Zealand, but because of my dad and his heart, I can't, I don't, I need to have a quicker response time. Right. Um, so right for now, um, I'm going to go to Calgary and then I'll, I'll do my nursing there. All like eight of my best friends live there. And, um, and then I'm just going to kind of take it from there. I know when I move to Calgary, it's going to expand my friend group drastically. I'm going to meet all kinds of people with all kinds of different ideas and kind of integrate myself into their, in their lives and integrate, sorry. And then, yeah, we'll, we'll see. I don't know. I'm just, I think if I move, it's just going to be crazy. All this crazy stuff's going to happen and I'm going to be like, ah, this is awesome. And then I think it's just going to, I'm just going to sit back and let the flow of life take me. Then here, the flow of life feels forced. I feel very forced here. Everything's so mundane and every, I just know what's going to happen. But if I go to Calgary, I'm just going to, I'm just going to let the flow take me and whoever I meet, I meet, I'm going to just roll with it for once in my life. I'm just going to go with it and meet people. Is kind. I love making friends. So that's kind of what I'm setting out to do right now. I, I'm always interested in New Zealand. I find that they've got a lot of amazing things going on. So the moment you had talked about the whole New Zealand thing, I just was like, oh, absolutely. Like, I often think that I always entertain the idea that, like, I I kind of joke that I go to work. I'm like, is today the day that I'm quitting because it's so challenging? Or is today the day I'm getting fired because I was not up to the challenge. And I I often play this and it causes a lot of anxiety. And obviously I take my work very seriously and I'm a perfectionist at heart. So I'm hard on myself and lack grace a lot of days towards myself. Mm -hmm. But the other day I came to peace with the idea. I I was drifting off to bed and I was laying there in bed trying to sleep and I couldn't sleep. And it was another night of just this insomnia kicking in and all of a sudden I had this thought come over me. What's the worst? Let's play the game. What if I, I always play, I used to play this game called what if with yeah. myself and it was what if, and it always took it to the worst possible case scenario. Oh God, we're similar. <laughs> so I took it to, okay, so what if you go in tomorrow when you're fired? Yeah. I'm like, well, I wouldn't have an income. <laughs> well, but I've got, I've got a property that I could sell. And yeah. then all of a sudden it came into this whole idea as I was going through the drill and the exercise I recognized that if I ever got to a point where I think that it was the end or like the worst case scenario, there's a whole different door that opens. Oh, a hundred percent. And it's, it, it's allowing yourself the freedom to know that the moment that something ends, 
that's the start of something new. And that's kind of what and it almost gets exciting when you get when you fall down, like I said, that rabbit hole. Um, when you start thinking that I'm a doomsdayer. So I think of the worst case scenario and then I'm like, same with you. I was, you know, I went through such a hard time after everything that happened. Um, I wasn't given any effort into work. I wasn't putting any effort into anything. And this was this little slump I fell into. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to lose my job. So I was always texting my boss. Am I going to get fired? And she's like, no, Dallas, you're not getting fired. I'm like, are you sure? Because I'd like, you know, lash out or just, I was just so particular and persnickety. But I love like, that word, persnickety. It's good. <laughs> um, that and conniption. I love those words. But um, no, and then, I, and then I just was like, what's the worst that happens? I lose my job. And I get catapulted into a whole new adventure. I would move cities then. And then I'm like, I don't have to wait to get fired. I love my coworkers. I love my bosses. I just, I think they'll understand that I just need to set off on some weird adventure. I feel like Bilbo Baggins. Oh, yeah. So we're going on an adventure. You know, like that's what I feel like I'm doing right now. <laughs> well, that's an awesome place to be. Yeah, I think so too. I'm just kind of at this point, you know, I don't have kids. I'm not married. I, I don't want, I don't want either of those things for myself right now. So why not just take that leap and just see what happens? Yeah. It, Who knows? I, 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 I'm envious of people that are in that position where like the opportunities are endless. And I have to recognize in myself that like those opportunities are still there. They never disappear. No, absolutely not. And, but yet when you're in your own life, this is the worst case. Like you, you remember like the wizard of Oz when they discover what's behind the curtain. Yeah. Well, the worst part is, is you know, your thoughts behind your, your person. Yeah. And yet everyone around you doesn't see your thoughts. They just see your actions. Yeah. And you got to remind yourself that those actions that you do are, it's that ability to overcome fear through your Mm -hmm. action. No, absolutely. And um, yeah, no, pretty much. Um, Another thing I like that I heard this year was uh, thoughts are not things. So that kind of helps. I say that in my head a lot all the time. I'm like, okay, what I'm thinking isn't actually a thing. So like things that I'm scared of happening or things that thoughts are not things they're just thoughts then that's it and they and they completely consume you so anytime you know i I have insomnia which is uh seven days a week 365 yeah um i would imagine i sit there and i and i say like thoughts are not things thoughts are not things so it's just i sound like a crazy person but i've just (laughs) never had so much time alone to really brain's a crazy place it is a crazy place (laughs) it's wild (laughs) And what I find really interesting is we spend most of our time, a lot of us spend a lot of our time in our own heads. It's so not a safe place to be sometimes. No, like, and I think that's where they always coin the thing that like idle hands are the devil's work. Yeah. It's because you're, you're just, the devil is in those hidden whispers in the back of your head. Oh, absolutely. And it's just a constant battle with yourself, Um, especially in this day and age with social media and stuff. You know, I have people message me all the time. Oh, my God, your life looks so cool. You're so happy all the time. You're an inspiration, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you don't even have half a clue of, you know, how often I go to bed crying or, you know, I'm sitting there with my mom's urn and I'm just sad and I'm like, what the hell am I doing? Or just you know, just reminiscing on past better days. Like you don't see that stuff. People don't, well, I know a couple of people that do, unfortunately, but most people don't picture, like post pictures of themselves bawling 
so you only post the highlights and you know that's another thing that it's it is easy to really look at your life and get lost in it because you know you think everyone else is living this freaking awesome life and you're like what am i doing but it's not like that at all it's it's really not <laughs> but we're conditioned it, we're so conditioned as a culture that when we grew up we didn't have social media we had photo albums oh and i miss those days well but think of a photo album it's essentially it was all the positive moments essentially yeah and so it was that so we've taken that old pra practice of capturing those amazing moments those inspirational moments those happy times mm -hmm. we've been documenting them putting them in a treasured photo album and holding on to them never thought of it like that we've we now just do that same thing in social media yeah but it would, and it's interesting. So I do a lot of photography work. I love doing photography mm -hmm. work, but I like doing it on my terms. Like yeah. I don't like always being commissioned to do generic photos. So yeah. I like, but anyway, one of the most interesting photo photography practices at the beginning of the century, so hundred years ago, mm -hmm. the most common photos that you ever found were funeral photos. Oh yeah, those weird ones where the person's dead and they're sitting up in a chair. Is that what you're talking right. about? Just everything, like anything from you, the family gathered around the casket or the coffin with the person on display, because that was oftentimes the only time the family would gather together. Yeah, that they would all be there again. So they would take it and take that photo and capture that moment. It's pretty a dark and sad moment. Can you imagine now? I'd kind of like to see that trend come back. Honestly, I've seen some pictures of like they would prop up the deceased in a chair upright and and people would be posing around them like they were still alive and right. you know i love doing cosmetics on people and i love making them look as lifelike as possible so for me that would be so satisfying I'd love for that trend to make a comeback, but I don't think anyone agrees with me. So <laughs> maybe you've got to be an influencer. Like yeah, everything's maybe about I'll influencing. Start, yeah, I'll start, you know, seeing if families are okay with propping up, you know, I should have did started with my mom. I should have why well, at first I was like, I want to embalm my mom, put her on my couch and pull a Norman Bates. And that's what I was gonna do. That's what that was what I wanted to do at first. And I'm like, nah, it's pretty messed up though. She would hate that. And she told me before she passed, she wanted to be cremated. So, but no, if we could see like a comeback in like the, in the, um, you know, the whole f funeral photography, that would be, I think that would be fantastic. Well, I think that was honestly the truest form of capturing the human experience mm -hmm. was when you would document, you would actually do documentary photos in vulnerable awkward times yeah it's not pleasant but it's it actually captured what was going on and no one goes oh that's awesome you had yeah. a funeral today yeah but it was it was life and i think that's the part that so many of us have been conditioned through generations and the media and everything that you never focus on the day-to-day -day. yeah you only focused on the highs mm -hmm. and of course you've happened to have some highs lately but for every high there's a valley oh huge so many so many valleys i'm just you know i need hiking boots for all these valleys <laughs> <laughs> well i always get worried when all i see is like just like a machine gun of amazing things happen for a person yeah it's often there's been a catalyst that they've had to go through that dark valley yeah. those challenging times that they are just and it's not even boasting they're just so thankful to yeah. be at that height that they've got to just pump it out and that's when i always am really interested to talk to people not about the height mm -hmm. but, but what got them there what got them there 
that's kind of what when people message me and say like your life looks so fun i i do tell them i'm like you have not even the slightest of clue how bad of a depression i had to hit i had to take like a couple weeks off of work i had to go stay with my dad because i didn't trust myself being alone it was just like the lowest of lows when just it finally you know hit me that my life was never going to be the same um because that first year i was just in like a fog so then, you know, I hit the lowest point of my life, um, which, you know, to most people on paper, it wasn't that low. Like I'm still living right. a very a, a nice life, but it was to me, that was it. I didn't want to be here anymore. I didn't. So it took hitting that low and just, you know, going to therapists and trying to figure out what was going on to finally come out and emerge out completely stronger. I almost felt like it was like a weird transformation almost, um, and I just came out a completely different person. I have a completely different perspective on life now. But some, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna post pictures of me depressed in bed because you don't even think you don't even care about that. I think I even no. deleted social media at that time because I was just so down. But no, that's you do have to think about that when people are posting all this good stuff. You don't you don't see what happens. Well, behind the scenes. it's interesting that you brought up the deleting of your social media posts. Like that's usually when people have kind of reached the climax of their, their lowest point or their threshold of like annoyance when they delete their accounts. Mm -hmm. And how many of us even recognize those accounts disappear? Right. And not many. And that's the thing is it was just like, I, I couldn't stand seeing other people posting their highs and it wasn't a jealousy thing or anything, but I just was at the point in my life where I couldn't see those highs anymore because it was hurting right. me so bad. I just felt like, I was like, what am I doing wrong? And this wasn't that long ago. This was maybe four and a half months ago when all this happened. Like, and so I just deleted it for a bit, had to get my head back on my shoulders and just, it was just too much, like I said, loss. But no, now, you know, when I post happy things, it's, I feel like I really deserve it at this point because that was really tough and scary to get over <laughs> well of course you deserve it you and you stuck with it you went through each day and you ended up conquering those fears and learned from those fears mm -hmm. and you kept going so of course you deserve it and that's why they always it's it's always important to always recognize that you need to just keep going yeah not every day is going to be dark for the end of time oh no and but at the time you think it is i oh, felt like i was in a hole that i was never going to get out so that's why i came and stayed it with my dad because i couldn't even take my dog out to pee like i couldn't get out of bed physically i could not try to explain that one to your bosses um it was just so debilitating i've never felt like that but depression is kind of what event like took my mom's life and for the first time in my life, I experienced that depression and I understand what she felt like now. No wonder she didn't want to be here. That's hard. So, I mean, like I said, though, I, I got out of it. I'm like, I'm not going to live my life the way my mom did. I want to live my life for her the way she wished she would have. So that's where, you know, I pulled myself out of the depression, got happy. And now we're just doing crazy things all over the world and sitting here with lovely people like yourself. <laughs> Thanks. That's good. Well, I'm going to rattle your chain right now. Okay. And I know that I haven't given you a whole lot of time to like come up with an, another option mm -hmm. on how we can collaborate. So I'm assuming that from last week, it's still going to be a rain check. Probably still going to have to be a rain check. A little bit busy this That's summer. That's okay. You've got two rain checks, mm -hmm. uh, which is fantastic. Okay. For me, you're just starting this journey. 
Yeah, and I'll definitely keep in touch with you with it. Yeah, and that would be my collaboration piece because you're go you're going through that whole like exploring your life and and giving your life meaning to make sure that it's the richest, fullest life you've got. I think it's called um, grabbing life by the balls. Yeah, is what I yeah, think yeah. it's called. <laughs> That's what I'm doing. <laughs> Perfect. And don't let go. No, I'm not letting go of those balls. Those balls are mine. <laughs> but yeah, no, I'll, uh, I'll definitely come back if you ever want. And I'll uh, end a summer about September. I think I'm going to have a lot more to say. Yeah, well, I think I think I'd really like some checkpoints. And so come October, and this is where I really would like to have you come on. Mm-hmm. Um, after talking about so many dark things on this episode, <laughs> uh, I'd really like to have you come on to catch up where you're at and yeah. how your your whole um, life adventure is going. I really want to know more. But where I really would like to bring you back is in October, I am doing a whole... I'm trying to do some off episodes where this one in October is going to be all about like Halloween ghosts and oh, okay. the horror stories and all that stuff. I got a and few of those. I feel like you might have a few of them. <laughs> I and... got a few of them. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'd really like to have you back on that series. Yeah, no, that'd be awesome actually, you know, have a mortician in studio. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I, I'm almost nervous to find out. <laughs> I have, I have some stories. I mean, obviously not certain things we can't talk about, but even my own personal stories, um, are pretty messed up. So that's awesome. No, it'll be good. It's interesting. Everyone. I'm thankful that you were able to tune in. This was let the flow take me until next time. This is Reese seven signing out. Jennings. Stand by.